Today on the show, a famous archbishop is on the way to sainthood. There's more to St. Anthony than you think. What's a person to do with uncertainty? Our Pigs of the Week and so much more. The Gathic Underground episode 400 begins right now. Oh, you heard me right. It is time for the CU Weekly. We are back. And we are the podcast that tries to cut through the noise of the digital continent and still bring you the topics that matter. It's episode number 400. That's four double zero. Yep. Yeah. I am Father Chris Decker. Joining me, we have Kathleen Lee, the executive directress mm-hmm. of the Women's New Life Clinic in yes. Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Hey, Kathleen. Good to be here. Also, Olivia Galino, the student of life, our resident Italian food critic and a lover of mid- Mideastern food, too. Oh, yes. Because that's what we had for the episode 400 party. So. You know. Um, hey, Olivia. Hello. I was thinking of the food more than I was thinking of the intro. I'm sorry. I'm gonna launch into that. He's going to forget yeah. my name in like 0. 0.7 seconds. <laughs> Have <right>. on. <laughs> also, uh, we need to head up to the uh, the big old satellite to the Jeff Star One and to Jeff Blackwell himself. He is the technical director of the CU, and uh, he joins us bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, and himself. Hey, Jeff. Uh, hey, Father. Yes, yes, I don't want to comment on your uh, tail's bushiness. I, I that's think, you know, okay. That's, that's yeah. fine. Sometimes it uh, you know, just kind of slips out of there. But hey, look, it's good to be here, and uh, we all have garlic breath, so we got yes. that going for us. That's true. That's right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's good for the circulatory system. I don't system. know. You know, we, we had a, a seminarian whenever I was in school that would stand outside uh, the classrooms, uh, you know, outside where, where the, the smoking area was, mm-hmm. and he would not smoke. But he would have like a, um, a a head of garlic and a little pocket knife, and he would just wow, slot you know, oh take slivers of the garlic and eat it. Nummy. Seminaries are not known for being you know all of them all together yeah. all the time. Y'all are so weird. yeah, we are quirky that's folks, <laughs> and then of course we become quirky priests, and yeah. I think that's what makes the priesthood beautiful too. Is yeah. just a little bit of quirk, yep. you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you know, one of the things that uh, that we also know about seminarians is that they please God, make excellent priests, and some of them make good bishops. And there was one such uh, man who became a bishop and actually pretty darn famous. He was uh, also in uh, the time slot across from from Milton Berle. And, of course, you'll remember millennials uh, that Milton Berle is some old dude. (laughs) And uh, he he had a very popular radio program, then a very popular, he was kind of the Johnny Carson of his day, Mm -hmm. um, except perhaps more famous than. And, uh, and I'm talking about Archbishop Fulton Sheen, who mm-hmm. was in that opposite time slot and actually um, won the, the ratings uh, more, more than once uh, against the popular uh, night show. I didn't uh, know that. Yeah, uh-huh, wow. sure. They called, so they called Milton Berle Uncle Milty. Yeah. And they called uh, Fulton Sheen Uncle Fulty. Uncle Fulty, that's There you go. So, uh, James Fulton Engstrom. Um, he was, he apparently was delivered without vital signs. Wow. Yeah. Uh, uh, um, the, this, this young boy, so named after Fulton Sheen, um, on September 16th, 2010, for, for 61 minutes, mm. this, this boy, this, this child, this mm. baby, lay without a heartbeat as his parents, Bonnie and Travis, prayed for the intercession of the late Archbishop mm. Fulton J. Sheen. Mm. The doctors are preparing to declare James dead, mm-hmm. and his heart began beating, and soon rose to a normal rate. And James, once presumed dead, is now a, hel- a healthy eight-year-old yes. who likes chicken nuggets, yes. Star Wars, and riding his bicycle, according mm. to the Catholic News Service. Wow. 
And, uh, and after the resolution of a years-long dispute over the proper burial uh, location for uh, Archbishop Sheen's remains, mm -hmm. they were recently transferred from New York after a lengthy legal process mm -hmm. uh, where he died in 1979 to his hometown of Peoria, Illinois. And because that has happened and the transfer of Archbishop Sheen's remains have, have gone to his home diocese, his hometown, then uh, the Vatican actually confirmed that miracle mm. uh, of, of this young boy, James Fulton Engstrom, Interesting. Uh, who, who was delivered stillborn, and uh, his heart began to beat after praying for the intercession, through the intercession yeah. of, of Archbishop Sheen. So I've, really quite something. Yeah, I've heard that story before, and I, it's what I th actually think about it uh, sometimes. And I th what strikes me about it is just like the faith of the parents yeah. Yeah. to to like committedly, we're gonna pray right now. Not only we're gonna pray when something horrible and unthinkable has happened, right. yeah. but we're gonna pray right now completely to for the intercession of Archbishop Fulton Sheen, yeah. and with faith that he will somehow work a miracle our son or that if it's God's will that that miracle will, will occur and I just always like the faith that of that of those parents really strikes me yeah. um I mean obviously like the the intercessory work of Fulton Sheen but like just that faith that it takes to just say no we're gonna do this we believe like we believe right. in the goodness mm -hmm. of God and in the faithfulness of his intercession that we're gonna do this and that depth of faith to be able to pray in the moment because right. oftentimes we think about prayer uh, maybe it's just me but but I think about praying after something has happened right. you know yeah. um or or um, it's it's really difficult to know what to pray for in the moment other than help. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it sounds like that's what these parents did. They 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 said help, mm -hmm. and um, and they directed it to to Archbishop Sheen, who willingly carries it to yeah. our Lord. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. And that's what uh, that's what the church is able to uh, to identify and um, and under scrutiny say, yeah, this is exactly as best as we can determine what happened. And mm -hmm. so that. Is, uh, is the miracle that is needed for uh, Archbishop Sheen to be beatified. And of course, it uh, goes without saying, um, inevitably, he will probably be canonized. Yeah. And uh, so he really, before the modern televangelist, mm -hmm. you know, uh, Jeff, Jeff remembers the advent of the televangelist. Mm -hmm. huh? and, uh, and before there was the kind of the, the evangelical Christian uh, message going out over, over television and over satellite channels, there was, there was Fulton Sheen. Um, he, he was a showman with no pretense. Hmm. He was an honest broker who express, expressed in vivacious tones the virtues of the church he gave his life to. And that's the thing. I, I don't know if it's a miracle or not, but uh, before I give a homily, I, I do two things. Uh, well, three, really. The first thing is I say, Lord, say what your people need to hear. Hmm. Not what they want to hear. Say what they need to hear. The second thing I do is say, Holy Spirit, preach through me. And I say, Archbishop Sheen, preach for me. Wow. You know, those are the three things that I do. Now you know my secrets. If if I give an okay homily, then that's that's yeah. maybe what it is, you know. <laughs> that's why his um, hair is so big. It's that's why my secrets. hair is so big and fluffy. Oh dear. Well, I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad you think so. Now, to those of you watching on the podcast, it is it is voluminous. Anyway, so uh, so yeah, uh, Archbishop Sheen was uh, he he did preach with with a great deal of vivaciousness, of vitality. And that's one of the things that I think most people connect with is the fact that he he was so um, he was so passionate about the things that that he spoke about. Um, he was something of a paradoxical figure. He was a spokesman for a faith that reveres God um, uh, as its uh, you know itinerant. He he revered he 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 preached the faith in an area that everybody's trying to figure out what Catholics were all about. Right. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah. Um, he had a, a great on-camera persona. 
he always wore the regalia of a bishop, and he swished his uh, his yes. fariola, which is the cape. Um, he would stare directly into the camera, mm-hmm. right, and and mm-hmm. uh, he would captivate the audience with these these tele sermons, and uh, and his hand would tremble as he talked. So, mm-hmm. you know, the thing about it was, is none of this w- w- for him seemed to be stagecraft. Right. right. It was it was simply the passion mm-hmm. of of wanting to speak to his audience. And so what would happen is the audience would expl- explode in applause uh, as the bishop would give his sign off. He would say, God love you. God love you. Yeah. yeah. And uh, in fact, I noticed that there are some, um, some I shall I say, pretenders to the succession of, uh, of Archbishop Sheen mm-hmm. who, who would say that. I never say that because as far as I'm concerned, those are reserved words. Yeah, yeah. You know, so Retire those yeah, like I, a jersey. I, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so he would... He'd also like he'd, he'd uh, handle his pectoral cross too, for because mm-hmm. um, a, a bishop wears a cross suspended on a chain around mm-hmm. his neck and clipped to his cassock, and he would always kind of finger that as he's speaking. So, right. um, yeah, it's a it's very it's very tempting things to assume, but only if they're authentic. Everything that he did was authentic, right. and people that's what they connected with. So he'd give half hour lectures on the evils of relativism. He would warn of the wages of sin. He would proclaim the glory of the Lord's passion. And uh, he did this uh, on the Dumont Television Network. And you might say, the Dumont Television Network? What's what? that? The answer is it isn't. Um, <laughs> it, uh, it, uh, it was broadcast on, uh, on ABC after nice. the Dumont Network folded. Mm-hmm. And, um, and he, he was clear. Um, he said, uh, America, quote, is suffering from intolerance, but it is not. She insisted, uh, quote, it is suffering from tolerance. Tolerance of right and wrong. Mm-hmm of truth and error, of virtue and evil, Christ and chaos. Hmm. Our country is not so nearly uh, overrun with the bigoted as it is overrun with the broad-minded. Wow. And these are the turns of phrase that he would use, yeah. and he would turn society on its end, not to condemn it, but, but to allow the opportunity to reflect on, well, right. I am a member of this society, and, and what, uh, what the archbishop is saying is, is cutting me to the heart. It's challenging me to think about Mm-hmm. Um, the the society that I call home, the culture that I call home, and uh, and he did that every week. Mm-hmm. And uh, you've probably heard me talk about on the show how um, how much he prepared. And uh, it was like he said, I think he said I prepare sixteen hours for every hour wow. of television or radio. And so he would he would write the um, he would write his talk that he was going to give. He you know did the research and prepare it. He'd give it in English, mm-hmm. prepare it in English. He'd prepare it in another language. And then he would give it to a person who was proficient in English, and then he would present to a person who was proficient in the other language. And he said that by the end of this 16-hour pro- process for every hour of, of presentation, he would have a command of, yeah. of the material mm-hmm. so that he could walk in and out of it you know, mm-hmm. from right. all mm-hmm. the angles. And that's really quite something. Um, he, he really spoke in plain speech. Yeah. And I think that's really one of the things that, that we, we miss so much. And oftentimes, if you think about preachers today, it's whenever they, um, they speak plainly, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and, yeah. and delete all the pretense mm-hmm. that right. you go, ah, now, now we're, now mm-hmm. we're plain. We, we see each other plain, and I yeah. know what I must do. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's the thing. And so we, we give thanks for the life of Archbishop Sheen, and we pray uh, through his intercession that uh, good efforts in Catholic media would bear fruit, mm-hmm. a fruit that will last, a fruit that will consecrate others in the truth. Yeah. Um, and also, I mean, it probably wouldn't be a bad idea to ask his intercession for a renewed clarification of the truth, uh, a clarification of, of orthodoxy, right, mm-hmm. of, of a return to right worship and to right practice. 
And so uh, there you go. Um, Archbishop Sheen doesn't leave the flock without consolation, because oftentimes if you've watched any of his shows, a lot of them are available on YouTube. He, he really paints a bleak picture at the beginning. Yeah. But, uh, but then he, he kind of he hits you with the, with the target. He says, in a world of unfathomable misery, where children hunger and thirst, where babies are killed by their mothers, where the good die while the evil prosper, and where the cruel pillage the earth, he quotes that great refrain, we all have a God who stumbled to his throne. Mm. Wow. And, and I mean, mm. that, is, that is the thing. The, the, that, that, that is the clencher for us, is that Christ comes to redeem all, to renew all things. And even when things seem bleak, if we go to the throne of Christ, if we stumble along to him, then, then he reigns in us, and we have the capacity to reign with him. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so uh, Archbishop Sheen, please pray for us. Pray for yes. us. Yeah. Father, yep. may I, because you brought up Dumont. Yes, you may. Uh, a, a, bit of, uh, a little bit of trivia here. I love Ooh. Jeff's broadcast the history. Texas Broadcast Museum is pretty new. It's just a few years old. And it's uh, located in Kilgore, Texas. And, and there they have not one but two Dumont television cameras. And these were the cameras that were used, like you see, uh, with yeah. the, uh, you know. I have always Christian. wanted to see one of those Dumont cameras in it real life. Is, they're huge because they not only make a video picture, but they record it on film. So there's a big film canister on the side. They're enormous. But uh, anyway, I, I just Google that, uh, Texas Broadcast Museum. And, uh, man, they've got a ton of stuff there. So so, so we find ourselves in Louisiana. And I, I can't speak for Olivia and Kathleen, but I'm always up for a road trip. Always. Yeah. Oh, it depends on who's bringing the snacks. Oh. And and who is DJing, because let me yes. tell you, Father Chris has an eclectic music mix. So, uh, yeah, we'll we'll do it. As long as we can... 2000s punk pop. Yeah, they know. As long yeah. as we can stop at Bucky's. Oh, that's right. Bucky's is uh, is, a, is a kind of a local, like it's not very local, it's a regional chain. Oh, it's not local because we don't have one in Louisiana. Thanks a lot, Bucky's. Yeah. <laughs> But that's a, a whole nother, affront to that's a whole nother segment. <laughs> I'm fired up. And it's only because we're on episode 400 that we allow these things to continue, right? Uh, but Thanks. there is one thing that we should do before uh-huh. we, we move on mm-hmm. is to remind you that for these 400 episodes, you have been listening to The Catholic Underground. All righty, we're going to just kind of, uh, there it is, keep on going here. <laughs> you're listening to the Catholic Underground. You're watching it too, we think. Okay. We're online at catholicunderground.tv. I'm Father Chris, joined by Kathleen Lee, by Olivia Galino, by Jeff Blackwell, by David. I didn't introduce David, David Bazelli, whom mm-hmm. you've come to know and love. You don't ever see his face, but, uh, but he's switching the graphics for us yep. and there pushing all the buttons. There. So, yeah, very good. Um, and of course, uh, 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 David, um, if you, I'm just going to tell you, you need to turn off the uh, the lower third. There you go. All right. Okay. Good. He's so good. All right. Look He's at very that. good. Look at that. He's so if so you're good. if you're listening on the on the radio, trust us, it's beautiful. Uh, all righty. Our picks of the week are coming up, uh, but first. We thought we'd talk a little bit more about a very famous saint. Yes, and you know when you think of someone being a good preacher, you might think of Fulton J. Sheen, right? Yep. But you may not think of Saint Anthony. That's right. I didn't. You need to take Kathleen's camera. 
Oh, here I am. <laughs> there, there she is. Okay, good. All right. 400. Okay, so it's, uh, St. Anthony, right? When, you, when you're talking about St. Anthony, what do you think of? Lost items. I lost my stuff. I lost my keys. I lost my phone. I lost my mind. Y- yes, many, you know, many times. For the first time up when I was up in the Northeast, mm-hmm. they, have a, they have a rhyme. Yes, and right. I I use it. Yeah, Tony, this Tony, come around. Something's lost that cannot be found or that you must be found. I've never heard oh, that. Oh, sorry. Oh, did I? I'm sorry. I took her whole segment. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's it. I didn't read it. First, ahead. no Bucky's, and now you Next. stole her rhyme. Yeah. yeah. So you probably have already, you know, you if you're like me, I'm 33 years old, and I still use this rhyme. I'm like, Tony, Tony, come around. Let's. I mean, this is serious now. Things are lost. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even wait to complete the rhyme scheme. I'm not scheme. playing around, all right? Golly. Tony, Tony, emergency. <laughs> emergency. Right? But St. Anthony of Padua is actually way cooler yeah. than just some saint that sits around waiting for us to lose things. Yeah, and he right. goes, yeah. Sitting behind a desk I, going, again? I think sometimes, he, for me, he goes, Getting warmer, getting warmer. Oh, cold, 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 cold. You're cold. <laughs> Gosh, let's not play game. Okay. I, he probably has the most creative type of intercession, I would imagine. Yeah. Right? Well, I'm sure, and he's super busy, and he's always like, "Again, come on, people. I'm more than a." I can't wait for eternity to actually have this conversation <laughs> with some of the saints that are going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really, it really was kind of that way. Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there are a few things that you may not know about him that even I, uh, I discovered. Um, first off, he's not Italian. Mm, mm-hmm. Sorry, <clears throat> Olivia. Mm-hmm. Buried in Padua, right? Yes, right. which makes him Italian. Well, right. just like name, St. Joseph and Sicilian. The name Thank Anthony, you. right, is very is connected to the Italians, right? But he was born Fernando Martins, right, ah. in Lisbon, Portugal, in eleven ninety five, right? Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. So Fernando wanted to um, <laughs> wanted to enter the Abbey, and at fifteen he requested to to enter the Abbey. He then became a priest, mm-hmm. right, and then he joined the Franciscan Order in Pol- in Portugal shortly after he became a priest. Because he's also venerated in Portugal, right? Mm-hmm. Certainly, right. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, and. Sorry. No, I was just, I was remembering, uh, I've been to Lisbon and they have, you know how they have like patches that you can buy at all the souvenir shops Uh like of the country that you're in. They have, you know, half of them are Portugal or Lisbon, but Mm -hmm. then half of them are just St. Anthony. Like they love St. Anthony. Yeah. He's on plates. He's on commemorative spoons. Originalmente aquí. That's that's not Portuguese. Excellent. (laughs) Well, it wasn't until he joined the Franciscans that he then took on the name Anthony. Right. After St. Anthony. That was his uh, um, fraternal name, right? Right, right. Okay. So after St. Anthony of Egypt. Um, and it Another wasn't Italian. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it wasn't until, he, <laughs> until then that he le- actually left Portugal. And so he sailed to Morocco, um, where he became really sick. And on his way back, the ship was blown off course, as most good stories, that's what happens, right? Yeah, yeah. Every Disney story has someone blown off course. It's the true. Ship or, is, or a letter of Paul. Right. <laughs> yes, right? Mm-hmm. And so they landed in um, first in Sicily. Yes. Um, and then they went to Tuscany, right? And that's how... <laughs> He's like, when are you going to get yeah. to the real part and of the story? And that's how St. Anthony got <laughs> this to This is when the story Italy. really gets going, people. Right? Yeah. So th- another cool fact is he was actually an excellent preacher. Mm-hmm. Um, and this comes from one time the Dominicans were, were um, visiting uh, the Franciscan friars and the Dominicans are known for being great preachers. And so there was like a mix up. The Franciscans thought the Dominicans were going to preach and the Dominicans being guests thought that the Franciscans were going to preach. And so, um, the head of the hermitage, uh, told St. Anthony, um, to preach on whatever the Holy Spirit told him. It's like, mm. you're it kid. Right. And so he gets up and he gives this beautiful speech. So eloquent. Um, 
that it moved both the groups, both the Dominicans and the Franciscans. And word actually got around to another saint, St. Francis of Assisi. Oh, St. Francis would be like the the superior general of the order, you know, effectively. Yeah. He wouldn't have called himself that. And an Italian. (laughs) Now, you might wonder, yes, Kathleen, but how did he become the patron saint of lost things? Mm. You know, if he was such a good preacher. Yeah, what's the story? What's the story, right? Mm. So St. Francis actually entrusted St. Anthony with... Uh, the pursuit of studies for um, for the friars. Okay. And he had um, a book of Psalms, and in that book of Psalms was written all of his notes and his you know um, his comments about you know what he needed to teach on. Now this is before the printing press had been been invented, so this is a handwritten book and it's very very valuable, mm-hmm. right? And so um, actually at at one point a novice left the order and he stole it. Oh. Oh. So, yeah, friends, so, so Anthony Bray, Tony, Tony, come. No, he didn't. <laughs> me, uh, me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm around. <laughs> no, he actually prayed for um, for the return of, of this book because it was so precious to him. Mm-hmm. And not only did the thief return the book, but the uh, the novice actually returned to the order oh, as well. Oh, wow. So he was restored in more ways than one. Right. And so not only was the book lost and now found, but so was this, was this man. So um, super awesome. He is actually also a doctor of the church. Yeah. Um, not an MD doctor, but a... Doctor, doctor, doctor of souls of yeah. awesomeness. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's known as the e- uh, evangelical doctor, and uh, venerable Pope Pius XII declared him a doctor of the church in 1946. Um, and Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI says um, he he attributes that to the freshness and beauty of the gospel mm-hmm. emerged from his writings. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really what doctors of the church do. They they show kind of the the eternal nature of the gospel, right. of the word mm-hmm. made flesh, yeah. uh, in the way that they expound, right? In right. the way that they kind of unfold the teachings of Christ. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so very much like Fulton Sheen, it was said that his teachings were um, so simple, yet so profound, that although he did teach occasionally in the universities, everybody could understand what he was talking about. And I don't know if you've ever had, ever had a teacher like that. Um, I have. His name is Dr. Brandt Petrie, mm-hmm. where I was just oh, like, yeah. you are, at first I was like, you are so smart. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna die. <laughs> and then I took his class and I was like, yeah. wow. Yeah. Yeah. Just that elevation, mm-hmm. right? There's also a story that I found very funny that he preached to the fish. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so so St. Saint Saint, um, Saint Anthony actually dealt with a lot of heretics, right? And so um, he was trying to teach the truth of the gospel to a group of heretics and they didn't want to listen to him. So he was like, all right, fine. So he went to the fish and began to preach the message of the gospel, oh, so right? Maybe, maybe that's my secret. I need an aquarium. Right? Yes. And <laughs> it was said that all the fish were attentive. Oh. So, like, he didn't preach to the fish for the fish's benefit. Right? Yeah. Right? Because they're fish. Yeah, they are right? fish. Um, but for the glory of God, and as even simple creatures of the sea understood the truth and glory of the message that St. Anthony proclaimed. Mm-hmm. Right. And so when the heretics saw this and they realized what was going on, they were like, even the hmm, fish are listening. Yeah. So what's this about? Mm-hmm. What's this about? Maybe I should, maybe I should lend an ear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, so, uh, yeah. So heretics beware. St. Anthony's coming for you. Right. Do fish have ears? I don't know. Oh my. Okay, this is really cool and has to do with his preaching as well. His tongue is almost 
Incorrect. Catholics are weird, by the way. I know. This yeah. is what I really love. While the rest of his body has decayed, right? He was alive in the 1100s, right? His tongue is actually rather well-preserved. Wow. And it shows the gloriousness of, and truth of the message that he preached, right? And also denotes what an incredible preacher he really was, right? Um, this is a quote from one of his sermons that, that we really think sums up his life. The saints are like the stars. In his providence, Christ conceals them in a hidden place that they might not shine before others when they might wish to do so. Yet they are always ready to exchange the quiet of, contem of contemplation for the works of mercy as soon as they perceive in their heart the invitation of Christ. Ooh. Right? And so how cool is that? I mean, like, I don't know if you've ever, as a Catholic, encountered someone who's totally against you, right, mm -hmm. and what you believe, um, and calls you out on it. Most of the times we want to be like, bye. Mm -hmm. That's right. Right? But he had a gift of, of just... Mm -hmm. quietly slipping in the truth mm -hmm. right and it's being like i I'm, this is it mm -hmm. this is it right in the most simple of way and yet he has a nickname yes. that suggests something different very interesting okay yeah. so you 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 definitely see saint anthony carrying the christ child right yeah. and a and a of a, a flop lilies right a stalk of lilies um and that might confuse you because his nickname is hammer of the heretics yeah it is Yep. <laughs> right. Right. There are many miracles that are that are attributed to him and they often revolved around his disputes with heretics. Right. Um, there's, of course, the story of the fish. Right? But there's also a time noted when a man said he would not believe in the Eucharist unless St. Anthony could get his horse to bow down to the Eucharist. Challenge so here, accepted. You, here you see his his <laughs> his Franciscan nature, right, with yeah. the animals, and uh, yeah. And so Saint Anthony was like, "All right." The horse refused to eat for three days mm. until it could prostrate itself before the Blessed Sacrament and Adoration, which Saint Anthony brought to it. Wow! Right? Hey. How cool is that? Right, another another miracle mentioned is that a, a poisoned meal was brought to Saint Anthony by some heretics, and he ate it without harm. Mm -hmm. Right after he made the sign of the cross over it. Why? Because his tongue is incorruptible. Right? <laughs> right? How cool. No, no. He was able to eat it because, yeah. you know, the, of the power of, of God. This right? is this is not something uh, foreign to, to the saints. You know, right. oftentimes whenever someone preaches the truth and does it without fail and um, without getting tired, right. uh, they almost always try to get rid of them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and yet the Lord protects the simple hearts. Right. He does. Yeah. And so, so while you may be... Um, you know, pr sticking with your simple Tony, Tony, come around prayer. Um, there's actually a beautiful prayer um, to St. Anthony from the responsory. And I just wanted to, it's, it's rather long, but I wanted to share just a piece of it to show you how powerful this guy is, right? It says, if you seek for miracles, death, error, all calamities, the demons fly and leprosy and health succeeds infirmities, the sea obeys and fetters break and lifeless limbs thou dost restore. Whilst, pressure, whilst treasures lost are found again, when young and old thine, thine aid implore, mm -hmm. right? So it's like, wow, look at all this stuff that when we, you know, we go to St. Anthony and ultimately, ultimately to our God, right, the power that he has, not mm -hmm. just to find our lost keys, mm -hmm. um, but to, to show us, right, when we are lost, to find the truth mm -hmm. of the, of, and the glory of God. That's right. right. And it always ends at Jesus. Mm -hmm. And that's where we'll leave you for just a moment. But stay right there because there's more episode 400 of the Catholic Underground coming up right after this.
Hail, Holy Queen, Mother of Mercy, our life, our sweetness, and our hope. To thee do we cry, poor banished children of Eve. To thee do we send up our sighs, mourning and weeping in this valley of tears. Turn then, most gracious Advocate, thine eyes of mercy towards us, and after this our exile, show unto us the blessed fruit of thy womb, Jesus. O clement, O loving, O sweet Virgin Mary. You found the Catholic Underground, uh, episode 400, if you can believe that, with me, Father Chris Decker. Kathleen Lee joins us. Olivia Galino joins us. Jeff Blackwell joins us. And David Bizzelli joins us, too, hmm. in uh, in the ball pit. Because Ed, uh, I suppose we should speak for a moment yeah. right. about uh, about Ed. Ed is... Um, is recovering. He's on the injured list. He is on the injured list. The yeah, injured reserve. On, yeah, the injured reserve. Um, because he he was doing things. I don't. You you've probably never seen Ed. Maybe a few a few of you have seen him kind of walking around in the background before the show. But uh, Ed is always up and doing, mm-hmm. as they yeah. said in a mm-hmm. bygone era. And uh, and he really is the one who kind of makes the show look good. He's the one who says, oh, maybe you need to move this over there, mm-hmm. move that over there. And then he proceeds to do it. Mm-hmm. Well, he was doing that for his real job in television. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he, he took a bit of a fall and landed right on his shoulder. Mm-hmm. And so he had to have rotator cuff surgery. Um, and so he's been, you know, the Lord kind of puts you where he wants you sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and he'll even use an accident to do it. That's and right. um, and so Ed uh, has had to not use his uh, his doing arm, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah. So so he couldn't click the mouse uh, <laughs> this <laughs> this evening. So we just wish that you you'd get well soon, Ed. Um, not only because uh, we look forward to having you on the show, but also um, because we love you. So yeah. so yeah, yeah. get That's well true. soon, Ed. And um, yeah, and we're, we're saving some halloumi cheese for you. I was gonna oh, say yeah. we're eating all the Lebanese food that we ordered. <laughs> I'm just mm-hmm. uh, we'll take you out later. Sorry. <laughs> We'll get you some fresh. Yeah. All right. And and for that, Ed, you can hope. And it is hope that uh, that we would uh, spend a little time on here at the, the bottom of the show. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. hope is one of those virtues that doesn't always get unpacked. Yeah. Especially well, when we're in the midst of suffering. Especially when we're in the, in the midst of suffering. And especially because, like, you know, hope is one of the, the three theological virtues, right? So there's faith, hope, and love. Mm-hmm. And I feel like hope kind of gets shafted. It's even in the middle of those. It's like the, the sandwich, like when you're doing the sandwich method of confession, where you yeah. like, you just shove in your worst sins behind, like, <laughs> some don't venials. Don't we don't see it. Right? Uh-huh. We know. You're just trying to, like, you're trying to shove it in there, get past it, right? And I feel like sometimes that's what we do. With hope, um, not because of like you know malice or anything, but because maybe we don't understand it completely. Right. So we wanted to unpack it, um, and specifically using uh, my favorite encyclical, <laughs> because it's, well, not this isn't why it's my favorite encyclical, but it is written by Pope Benedict the Sixteenth, um, who actually wrote three encyclicals on faith, hope, and charity. Mm. Um, the three encyclicals. I think not. I think not. <laughs> he knows what he's doing, people. Um, but yeah, so his first encyclical, Deus, Deus Caritas Est, is obviously on love and then, um, well, on, well, faith and love. But then uh, hope is spe salvi, um, spe in Latin is, is hope. Mm-hmm. And then uh, his last encyclical, Caritas, was specifically about like lived charity. Mm-hmm. Um, so really beautiful works. Read spe salvi 
end of story. But uh, it's not the end of the story because um, like Father Chris was saying, you know, when we think about like all of the, the suffering and uncertainty in the world, I think this is often a question that people like if they're having a crisis of faith, this might be at the root of it somewhere. It's just yeah. that either the world is suffering or people I love are suffering or I'm suffering and I just can't find a way out of it. Yeah. So why believe in anything? Mm-hmm. Why care about anything? Mm-hmm. Uh, how do I even how do I even comprehend hope, much less have it yeah. and live with it? And when we experience um, a tragedy, oftentimes hope is the one thing that that is attacked. Mm-hmm. And and if we um, if we don't learn what the virtue is and how to practice it, mm-hmm. then we really do risk losing hope. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's when people, you know, rather than just a, a, a portion of mourning. They, they leave the practice of the faith and they mm-hmm. leave the life of prayer and they leave all the things that used to make them who they were, right. you know? Um, and so it's important to understand that virtue and right. its depth. Right. And I think too about like, um, you know, the gospel for today is about entering through the narrow gate, um, which if you look at that in just its, its you know, I don't know, just the phrase, just the, the words there, it seems kind of hopeless, right? Because either I have to, to make things happen on my own or, um, or I realize that, um, you know, that, that there's not going to be anyone there to help me or whatever. Like we have these kind of false temptations about what that means, but when really it's an invitation mm-hmm. to hope, right? Mm-hmm. It's an invitation to, to invite grace into our lives and to hope. And hope is something that we are given through the grace of baptism. So if you are baptized, right, you are already given this, this hope. And, and the more that you, you know, pray, the more that you enter into the life of the prayer of the church, specifically through the sacraments, the more that hope is strengthened, is, is, is cultivated, is, is given life and breadth and and depth. Right. Um, and so really the Christian life, when we talk about what the Christian life is, it's a life of hope. Right. And especially because if we think of the cross as that narrow way, then the cross is a sign of hope. It's a sign of, of tragedy, sure. It's a, it's gruesome, it's grotesque, but it's a sign of hope because this is when the, the fetters of sin and death are broken. Mm-hmm. So there's no greater sign to us than uh, and no greater sign of our hope than Christ crucified on the cross. Yeah. Um, so in, in Space Alvi, Pope Benedict reminds us of this gift of hope. He says, Redemption is offered to us in the sense that we have been given hope, trustworthy hope, that's important, mm-hmm. by virtue of which we can face our present. Mm-hmm. The present, even if it is arduous, can be lived and accepted if it leads towards a goal, if we can be sure of this goal, and if the goal is great enough to justify the effort of the journey. Mm-hmm. So I noticed there are a few different things. So first of all, he calls it trustworthy hope. I think that's significant too because there's all, there's such a thing as false hope, right? Yeah. False hope that's given from a place maybe of like compassion, but it's not based on reality. Mm-hmm. Um, so like if you're in you know trying to walk with someone in a really dismal situation, and you, maybe you're just telling him like, yeah, I mean like this will fix itself, like right. you know yeah. like maybe it, maybe you you mean well, mm-hmm. but sometimes it's better to just acknowledge like man this is really terrible. Yeah, hope hope has but, to have a root to yeah. be to be hope. Right. You know? yeah. And hope in is fact, not the same thing as optimism either. And that's right. Exactly. In fact, you hear the phrase a lot. Uh, hope is not a strategy. Yeah. That's, and that's I think that's what, that, that's what we're saying here is yeah. that that uh, and, and certainly the Pontiff Emeritus would say is that hope isn't just rooted in a concept. It's rooted in a person. Right. And hope isn't is also not like an escape mechanism. Right. Either, right. No, right. And he's mm-hmm. and he points that out. He says, you know, by virtue of hope, we can face our present. Right. So I, I cling to this hope. Hope is my anchor. But it's not something that I just lose myself in. And that's I think that why we lean on optimism so much is like, well, I'll just, you know, think positive thoughts and I'll just will this situation to being not as like awful as it seems to be yeah. or as mm-hmm. it is. When the reality is that hope gives us the the grace to turn our heads back to the, the present situation as terrible as it might be and say, okay, yeah, whew, 
Now yeah. I can, I, now I can do this, right? Because I have been given a grace, a real grace yeah. for this situation. And the grace is hope. Because it is indeed a theological virtue. It's, it's something that is given um, by, by virtue of the fact that we have been baptized. We are opened to this, this new life of, of yeah. divine grace. Yeah. And rather than the, the, um, the natural virtues or what we call the human virtues that, that you can kind of practice um, through, through, through human effort, uh, the, the virtue of grace the, or the virtue of hope is given especially through a special gift of God. Right. And then grows through our practice of the natural virtues too. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So hope is like a, um, this is going to be a bad analogy, but like a, like a fertilizer for other virtues, right? Okay. Because yeah. that's um, a good way to look at it. Because, you know, hope has what they, what are called daughter virtues. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if your hope is enlivened, not only does it affect, you know, the other like major virtues, like the other varsity virtues, but it affects <laughs> all of the ones that, that are filtered from hope. Right. Uh, okay. Um, and I think I'm drawing to, a root system in my head, you know, of all these. That's how I pictured it. Uh-huh. You know, like when we talk about the daughter virtues, they really are just like offshoots of those main virtues, but mm-hmm. they're no less significant. Right. But they rely on the strength of that main virtue. They rely on the strength of the supernatural. Of the supernatural. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and the last part of this that I wanted to bring out is that, um, you know, if, if lived and accepted, if hope is lived and, lived and accepted, it can only be that if it leads towards a goal, right? It's preposterous for us to accept hope that leads nowhere. Mm-hmm. And I think this is another, you know, trouble that we can get ourselves in is if I, if I cling to something and maybe I don't ask where it's going, or if I just, I accept it because it's a balm in the moment and I'm suffering and I just want something happy, yeah. right? Instead of okay, like maybe this is still going to be arduous. This is still going to be difficult, but it's true hope. It's hope that has a goal. It has a direction. It has a light somewhere. Mm -hmm, Um, and it's somewhere that's, that's not here. Right. So we're given grace for the present moment, but it's the present, present forward looking moment. Mm -hmm. Um, and if it doesn't have all those things, it's not real hope. Yeah. And if you think about it, that's echoed in the old Testament, Mm. uh, in the Exodus, right. Mm -hmm. And in the restoration of Jerusalem, uh, the, the notion that, um, that the Lord was leading the, the chosen people, he was leading his chosen people to a physical place, to, to the promised land, to mm-hmm. Jerusalem. But that itself is a symbol for the ultimate journey of life, huh? right. that, that we are being led through a desert sometimes. Sometimes yeah. we are, we do find ourselves being um, uh, led into an oasis, and sometimes right. we are fed with, with bread from heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, but our citizenship is in heaven. It's not here. Right. Yeah. And so, and so hope's ultimate anchor is the new Jerusalem mm-hmm. is not just our trip to heaven, please God, but also the second coming, mm-hmm. huh? the, the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven, the new heavens and the new earth. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes when we, for, when we think about hope or we perhaps pray for hope that we perhaps concern ourselves with what is my immediate ability to, uh, to, to receive, I, I need something to hang this hopefulness on rather than sometimes saying, Lord, help me, help me hope for heaven. Help me Mm -hmm. hope for the ultimate end, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's not easy in the moment. Right. You know? Yeah. I remember reading once that, um, one blessed be God in a moment of just despair Mm -hmm. is worth more than a thousand blessed be gods in a moment of consolation. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So like if you can find like the, the ability to praise God, to ask for help, to, to beg for hope, even when you, you don't understand fully what that is, that is, is 
you know, worth more is, is a, maybe a troubling phrase, but like it's, it's so much more valuable to you in prayer and to you for what prayer is, right? Prayer Mm -hmm. is a raising of one's mind and heart to God. Um, if you have a difficulty raising your mind and heart to God, well then that, that effort, that, that kind of arduousness makes it more of a gift, Mm -hmm. right? It makes it more of a a giving. Really it's the gift of Job, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the Lord has given and the Lord has taken away. Mm-hmm. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in in in, um, in a time where where you know the, the vegetables are growing in the garden, in a time where they have died, and I don't know where the sustenance is going yeah. to come from. Blessed be the name of right. the Lord. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and I love that you brought up the Old Testament too, because I think so much a part of our hope. Obviously, okay, our hope. Who does it rest in? Rest in Christ, right? Mm-hmm. We talked about that. Christ crucified yeah. is the source. Uh, it, it, it's the, the, the moment and the event and the person towards which all of history leads and which all of history proceeds from, right? Um, everything rests in Christ crucified. Mm-hmm. Um, but in that Paschal mystery is also where we find our hope, right? That's one of those things that the many treasures that's contained in that. Um, because what does the Paschal mystery do, right? Like, like Moses leads the people out of slavery and what's yeah. the, there's this physical slavery, right? It's manual labor. It's not being able to make choices for themselves. It's being subjected by, by someone who doesn't have their, their best interest in mind, right? There's, they're being uh, allowed to escape from, from a physical slavery. Um, and Christ frees us from the slavery of sin and death, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. that's a, that's a freedom that's paid for with blood, uh, right? The, the blood of the lamb sprinkled on the doorstep, the doorposts, um, of the, the houses of the Israelites, uh, is the, is the, the precursor to the blood of the lamb, the, the paschal lamb, Jesus Christ, yep. sprinkled on the, the wood of the cross, right? And those are freeing actions. Mm-hmm. And that, that gives us hope, right? Because that's the thing, the, the paschal mystery, the, the passion, death, uh, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus are, are what renew creation. It, what's, yeah. It's what brings salvation of mankind. It's what blows open the doors to heaven, right? Yeah. Uh, it makes that possible to us. Like Bishop um, uh, Barron says, uh, it's the dynamite. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, I love that. Yeah, it's the the dynamite of our faith explodes and recreates yeah. instead of explodes and destroys. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but but the theological virtues, most especially, are are the dynamite. Yeah. Of the dynamis, huh? the, the the dynamic dynamis. force mm-hmm. in in our faith. Yeah. And like, I think that the tenuousness of that is that we recognize that as the truth, that is the truth, but it, it doesn't destroy the fact of sin. Mm-hmm. It destroys the effect of sin, which is death, right? Um, death is no longer a, a chain, is no longer something that, that is, uh, you know, going to destroy us or keep us from our, from our full communion with God, right? Yeah. Makes that possible. Mm-hmm. But there's still, there's still work to do. There's still this reality of a fallen world, right? And we right. have to contend with that. Yeah. But we're given hope so that we're able to do that. Yeah. Yes. Right. Because without hope, yeah. what's the point? Right. Mm-hmm. If there is no cross, there's no point in me suffering. Right? right. That's where my my suffering finds its purpose and its hope that connects me to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why the sacramental life of the church is always connected by way of the cross. And not yeah. just because it is from the cross of Jesus Christ and from his wounds mm-hmm. that that the that the, the the sacramental ability, the power, if you will, mm-hmm. to to affect us happens in that way, but also because we ourselves um, lurch towards the throne. As, yeah, you know, we are the ones who limp towards the throne. Yeah, uh, of Jesus Christ too, and, and and it is on the cross that we find our hope. Yeah. That was Pope Benedict, by the way, his mm-hmm. um, his visit to the United States in two thousand and eight. Mm-hmm. Christ is our hope was yeah. the theme. Yeah. 
yeah and he's that oh, he's, he's, my, he's my favorite um <laughs> but he warns a bit against those two all the stuff that we're, we're talking about in space Alvi, he says anyone who promises the better world that is guaranteed to last forever is making a false promise he's overlooking human freedom yes right human freedom is still the thing it's it's the thing that god risks in order to be in communion with you mm-hmm. right god creates and he gives people free will um because the the love that comes from free will is so much so much more um valuable so much more worthy than a love that is forced than a, than a love that is coerced right we know that to be true so god risks sin and gives us human freedom yes. so that we may be in relationship with him but it also means that that we still have to contend with that as just a reality right there's mm-hmm. the reality of human freedom and the reality of human freedom means that we're going to screw up that's right um but it also just makes us really more aware that our hope rests in god and not in this world mm-hmm. right we have we have small like um vestiges of hope or things that point us to our true hope yeah. so it's p- important not to overlook those things like we can't just completely write off the world but we have to always have in mind that final goal that final goal of of union with god in heaven of, of the eschaton right mm-hmm. um, of christ uh, glorified in heaven and we have to always keep our eyes on that but that that kind of shines a light on the things that give us hope in this world right mm-hmm. and they're not separate from him they're not completely different from him they're not isolated from right that. and that's also why we we are we are given a sacramental system and encouraged to go to mass right mm-hmm. right it's not just a marking time because i need something to do on sunday but it, it is a source it is the source by which i find hope right um in in the eucharist that that is that is broken mm-hmm. and given to me uh, not yeah. because i deserve it not because it's just a symbol but because it is Christ, our hope being given to us, transfusing, if you will, in, into our uh, into our feeble frame. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah, I love it. it. Was Fulton Sheen who said that broken things are precious. Mm-hmm. Um, it is the is broken bread that feeds. Um, is broken flowers that have uh, the most perfume. Th- mm-hmm. Yeah, just mm-hmm. beautiful. Because that's what you have to do whenever you're cooking Italian food or Middle Eastern food. Is you have to crush the herbs. You have to crush the herbs. Mm-hmm. You have to break the eggs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Back um, to food, I guess. But there's, there's great hope in good food, too. Oh, yeah. It was Anthony Bloom said that um, all food is divine love made ev- edible. Ooh. Ooh. And I just found subscribe to motto. that. Yeah. That's the truth when it comes to hello me. <laughs> like and subscribe. Thank you. <laughs> it's the Lord's love letter. So yeah, so I want to make sure that we talk about you know how do we how do we foster hope in our lives because all this can sound like really nice and pretty, but then we get to a moment of where we're tempted to despair, which is right. the opposite of hope. It's the emptying of hope, and we're just like, well, that's nice, but what do I do, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so we all have to acknowledge first of all that there's periods of grief and suffering that will come. Uh, maybe you're in one right now, or maybe you know you're maybe you're not. Praise God, but you've experienced it before. Um, and so we live in our hope and we keep in mind that we're always on that path to the most holy trinity, but to stay on the path, no matter what, you know, kind of experience we're having of the spiritual life, we have to nourish hope through regular prayer. Right. And, and I said earlier that, you know, the catechism defines prayer as the, the raising of one's mind and heart to God, the, the requesting of good things from God. There's no better thing than to have real hope. Right. Um, and, and, you know, St. Therese of Lisieux calls hope, a, a, I mean, calls prayer a surge of the heart. Right. Mm-hmm. A cry of recognition and love, embracing both trial and joy. Yep. Right. And that's something that is not only feeds hope, but then uh, is fed by hope. And it's this continuous cycle. Right. Um, and hope is really just a, a relation. I mean, prayer is just a relationship, right? So the more you know a person, the more you, you the more you talk to that person, the more you know that you can trust them. Yeah. The more that you know that there's an intimacy there that that 
won't be betrayed. Mm-hmm. Um, and prayer is the same way, right? Prayer is is a relationship that God calls us to because he created you to love you, right? Yeah. If you have a heart that beats and a heart that experiences fear and emotion and pain and joy, it's because God created that heart to love it, to love mm-hmm. you, right? And prayer is that way of entering into, even if we don't know what to say, we don't know what to do, we just look at the Lord and it's a cry of recognition and love and just say, I know you. Mm-hmm. I know that you know me. So right. teach me, right? Right. Uh, and that's enough. That's enough for God to come in and just absolutely blow your mind. But it, you first have to to open the door to that. Yeah. Um, and that that the rea- that's the reality is that all all we, God needs is that tiny moment of okay. He all he needs is an okay, and and prayer completely opens us up to God. It's where we learn to discern God's will for our life, to come to know Him, love Him on a deeper level, and then our hope gets strengthened the more we give ourselves over to God, right? Because God is the source of our hope. So the more I can say, no, God, less of me, more of you, Mm -hmm. the more my hope is strengthened because the more my hope has grounding in reality, right? The more Mm -hmm. my hope is given over to the one who is hope itself. Um, And so that that obviously is something that happens through prayer and then the frequent reception of the sacraments, right? We talked about hope as a grace. So hope needs the continuation of grace um, throughout. And that's what the sacraments give grace. I don't know if we talk about that as a church enough, but like the sacraments give real grace. Grace is is the participation in the divine life. That's right. right? Something we cannot earn or do anything to to absolutely merit. Yes. But, But our Lord is willing to give us the tools that are necessary and yes. that supernatural tool is grace that That's is grace. infused within our soul exactly by the sacraments and other acts of charity but most principally yes, in the yes. sacraments of most the church principally in the sacraments yeah so yeah so all of this is to say that you know our hope is not just in the here and now right if we if we have uh signs of hope vestiges of hope in this world it's because they're they're pieces of hope um that mm-hmm. that lie first and foremost in heaven uh, with jesus christ and his glorified body jesus christ our king mm-hmm. um and so it's important to remember that our hope does not lie in this world it's not gonna, we're not going to find it in social programs or economic systems or political solutions um they're a means to the end but they're not the end right this world um and and really like our own we can get caught up in our own lives we can get caught up in this world and we can lose sight of jesus christ our king but every Everything lies in him, most importantly and most especially our hope. That's right. Mm. Uh, and yeah. hope does not disappoint. And hope does not disappoint. As we, as we hear in the scripture, certainly. Uh, Romans 5, yes. verse 5, mm-hmm. if you need it. Mm. You need to go to your, go to your oh, Bible. And it. you should. And you we should. need it. That's right. Uh, but So uh, we, we come to this point of the show that, uh, that hopefully is a touchstone of hope for you <laughs> because it means the show's almost over. It's the part of the show that we like <laughs> hey to call... Now. The CU Pick of the Week. Ah, uh, yeah. It was a kind of a hard segue, but, you know. It's harsh. Well, yeah, it was self-deprecating. Come on, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, you know. We're great. A little self-deprecation of the Catholic Underground is how we've gotten along so long. That's you know, true. We, yeah, here we are, 400. All 400 right. years later. For <laughs> 400 years. <laughs> well, you know, honestly, okay, it doesn't, 400, we, we're about 10 years old. So we, yeah. uh, or more actually, we started broadcasting in 2006. Mm-hmm. And we've only done 400 episodes since 2006. That's not a whole lot. But I like to think that the ones that we have done have been quality shows. Mm-hmm. That's as long most as you of don't them, watch yes. like the first 130 mm. episodes. Because yes. the uh, production quality was, well, it was pre-Jeff. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. Or PJ, as we Or call the it. ones where we uh, first yeah. got TV because nobody told me and I did not look cute. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, one of the things that Kathleen has made up for is her pick of the week. So yes, Kathleen, your pick of the I'm week. Because I'm cute now. Yes, indeed. <laughs> okay, so I don't know. And if, humble. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Anyways, um, I don't know if you're if you are uh, maybe this will work for you if you're a presenter or you put on retreats or you're a musician and you've ever found yourself with a, a sound box and no one to run it. For. There is no Jeff. There is no, all kinds of wires and they go. <laughs> and they give and you an XLR cable yeah. and say, mm -hmm. here, this, and you is, go, this goes I, into our what system. Ha what happened? So this is really cool. This is um, I was at a retreat where they had two musicians and they um, they wanted to fill in their sound. And so they have this thing called uh, Rapco Horizon LTI blocks, blocks. Uh, laptop interface. So what happens is you plug this in, this one end into mm -hmm. your computer or your cell phone. Yeah, it's a mini jack. Mm -hmm, a mini right. jack. And then you have an XLR um, connection at the other end. Which and is you, usually with a microphone. Right. And so you plug that into the, to the sound system. Jeff and, is all ears. And then it has its own fader. So what was really cool was that this this guy had what's called pads, and you download. It's just like it's like a in the background, uh -huh. like you've heard it in most Christian music that there is, <laughs> yeah. and you it's that ethereal noise, right, right. And you figure out what key it is. So you get so you download a whole album that has every key imaginable. Then okay, I'm gonna play the song in A. Play, it, turn it on. Turn it up, play. I can play it by myself and it gives it some more like oomph to it. Mm -hmm. And then when somebody's gonna speak, right? You turn, turn it on it down. down, fade it out. So you, it's like doing your own, like it like makes adoration or something like that production. so much more like quality mm -hmm. because you have a little bit more control over it and mm -hmm. it, it gives you and allows you to boister your sound. So that's a musician's you know, mm -hmm. point of view, but you could use this if you're giving a presentation, you want to do a video, sure. you want to control and there's no one sitting in the back on the machine. Yeah. And you know, so you can control it yourself. It's pretty cool. I it's like 40 I'm, bucks. Wow. Oh, right. that's, that's 40. a good price point. Yep. All right. Uh, Olivia, I, I hate this <laughs> because Kathleen is so good. And then I'm just like, mur, mur. no, well, I mean, you might like this. Well, it's just true. It's based in reality when I say it. But no, um, Kathleen, you might like this. Um, so I'll, I have like no natural color to my lips, just like that's just a, a fact of my creation, but it's okay. Um, but I don't like wearing lipstick because I don't like the way it feels, mm. um, but I would like to have some color. And I discovered this like a long time ago, but it is one of my consistent picks of the week. So it's Clinique, but it's called Almost Lipstick. Oh. And it like, it goes on like sheer, like you look at the color and you're like, that's dark, baby. Mm -hmm. um, but this is the, this color is black honey, but it goes on like almost sheer and it just looks like natural lip color. Nice. Because um, it doesn't look like you're wearing. It still shows like the texture mm -hmm. of your like your like your skin, your lips. Um, but it doesn't look like that kind of thick, you know, yeah. paint war paint kind of look. Um, <laughs> and it stays on. Like it, I mean, it's it's not as like stay power as yeah. other things. But um, but yeah, I use this every day. I've never gotten tired of it. I hope they never stop making it. So it's my pick of the week. Ooh, that's, that's, yeah. that's pretty good. You know, us pasties. We need all the yeah, color. We need all the color get. we can get, and it's mostly artificial. Well, mm -hmm. speaking as a member of the pasty community, I have never used uh, a lip. Uh, coloring product. Well, now I, you can. Now I can. 
because it's not lipstick. It's almost. It's almost it's lipstick. Almost. I can I can already tell you the people in the chat room <laughs> yeah. who are going to be making fun of me. Uh, It'll be me in the chat room. <laughs> probably so. And and Clayton actually, the guy, one of the guys I went to seminary with. So I can always count on him for. Do the Lord's work, Clayton. <laughs> uh, Cl- uh, not Clayton, Jeff. Yes, Jeff, your pick of the week. I hold in my formerly. Oh, he's got a dongle Protestant. as well. Hands. Yeah. Uh, this is a, a music, uh, are actually kind of like you, uh, for musicians. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, for your charts and, and but uh, this is also great for. It's got a clamp. It has a very strong clamp made by Vecchia uh-huh. uh, and it's a rechargeable. Uh, it's got, it comes with a little, little USB cable. Yeah. Rechargeable light and it's three stages. So nice. uh, it just, it's got like a nice dim light because I do shows and I have like the guy behind the curtain. Yeah. Uh, uh, medium and. Uh, you know, really bright. So and then surface of the sun. <laughs> and that's, yeah, that's a bright light. But I mean, really, uh, you charge it up. It's got a nice little uh, LED uh, display on the back here, showing how the charging's going. And they they retail for about fifty eight dollars, but you can find them. I found it for like uh, twenty two. So uh, and it's, it's just real reliable. I love it, and it's uh, it comes with a little. Uh, Carrying case too. Ooh, right fancy! Those are the, that's a handy little thing. Uh, yeah, it is I'm wonderful. I'm thinking about like uh, Easter vigil things, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, oh, we'll have that in the show notes. Yeah, yeah. very cool. Uh, my pick of the week. Um, I have to give kudos to uh, Blessed Are They, mm. which is the uh, the Catholic bookstore in Casper, Wyoming. I was Shout recently out. on vacances on vacation. <laughs> And uh, and I was helping them uh, kind of move stuff in and out, move inventory in and out. Uh, and I my eyes fell upon the uh, the Great Adventure Bible. Oh cool. yeah. So if you're familiar with the Great Adventure Bible study, so uh-huh. Jeff Cavins um, has put together a beautiful kind of romp through the scriptures uh, through salvation history, and uh, and it has been compiled in the midst of the Bible itself. Mm-hmm. Cool. And so um, it's it's hard to to show you on the radio or right. on the podcast. But his entire narrative of, of the movement of the, the different types of, um, of God's motion throughout salvation right. history, uh, as well as like um, what's happening um, on the earth viewed from space, what's happening in the covenant with Abraham, you know, what's happening yeah. uh, all through, all, all the way over to who is the world power at the time and what are the secular yeah. things that are happening. He takes you through salvation history all with within the Bible. It's really, really cool. It's so that's my pick coding. of the week. It's all color-coded, yes. too. That's right. All righty. You know, Jeff, we are always grateful for our viewers, our listeners, and our benefactors. These 400 episodes, aren't we? Absolutely. And this week, the Catholic Underground is possible because of people just like you. Join the growing number of undergrounders at catholicunderground.com slash donate. And an important way to support us is to like us, heart us, star us, and share us on your social media platform of choice. And if you really like our podcast, uh, pop by iTunes, leave us a review, and click them stars, young That's exactly right. Uh, Clayton in the chat room is indeed making fun of me as well as my scrawny forearm. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's okay. They are scrawny. Our panelists have been Kathleen Lee, the benefactress. She's also the Hope Samurai. Oh, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Olivia Galino is at The Real OMG with appropriate little dots in between yes. all those. Thank you, Olivia. Thank you. Our tech director is Jeff Blackwell at Jeff Blackwell Us on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you, Jeff. It's a privilege, Father. Our research assistant, the managing editor and leader of the crew in the lab is Jim Hayes. Jimmy. Our video and graphics director for this episode is David Bazelli. And you know me. I've been with you this long. I'm Father Chris Decker. You can follow me on Instagram at Digital Catholic. 
We hope that we have helped you cut through the noise and find that still small voice. We are the Catholic Underground. We are somehow still Faith Gone Digital. (laughs) And we will see you next time for 401.